0: Welcome to Martha Runs the World, a podcast with a new take on running, fitness, and all things health-oriented. I'm Martha Hughes, your host, and each week I present a new topic that is of interest to all runners. Welcome to Episode 208 of Martha Runs the World. Today, I'm going to talk about traveling to an out-of-town race. I'm going to talk about road racing trail racing, ultras, which usually are trail races, and I'm going to talk about all the different types of races and how to get to them, car, plane, train, all that fun stuff I'll talk about. Maybe it's a bucket list race or some cool race you've been wanting to do while you're on vacation. Traveling to races is a lot of fun. It's wonderful. I love it. But it takes a lot more planning than ones that are near us that you just have to wake up, eat breakfast, and go drive 20 minutes to. Especially in post-COVID days, traveling isn't as easy as it used to be. I'm focusing on races that take more than an hour or two to drive to that you will have to spend at least one overnight once you're there near or at the race. I'm going to divide the episode into road races that are not ultras and then trail and ultra races because they're two separate things and they take different planning and different strategies and logistics. There are distinct things that you have to take into account when you're planning for your trip. Traveling to road races that require an overnight stay away from home take a little bit of planning, not as much, of course, as an ultra race, but they do take a little bit. Now, driving to that race is, of course, much easier than flying. Almost anything is easier than flying these days, right? But let's not forget that also some people travel by train or bus, and I'll talk about that as well. Road races, as I said, are a little easier to plan. If you're planning to drive to a road race for the weekend, it's pretty simple. The biggest thing to take care of are the hotel reservations, so you want to make sure and do that far ahead of time because if it's a a big race in town, those hotels are going to fill up pretty quickly, so you want to plan this far ahead, and you'll get the best rates at that hotel if you plan far ahead. If it's a last-minute thing, you may not be able to even stay near the race or even in town. So, take that into consideration when you're planning your logistics to get to and from the race. The biggest thing to take care of is at the hotel are parking reservations. So, if you're driving to the race and you're doing an in city race, you probably have to pay for that parking space, and that usually doesn't come cheap. So, if you're going to race, in, in a city like Chicago or St. Louis or San Francisco or something, you're going to have to pay a premium for that parking spot. So think about that if you're driving in. It is pouring out this morning. <laughs> Drivers are crazy, and San Franciscans don't know how to drive in the rain, as I've said before in a past episode. So pardon if there's a few honks and a few noises. Okay, smaller towns. If you're running in a smaller town, you probably don't have to worry about that, and you can probably get a hotel that has free parking. That is something to think about. Also, when choosing your hotel, and hopefully you're doing this way ahead of time, the location of the hotel is important. Obviously, you don't want it in a bad neighborhood. You want it in a safe area, of course. But you also want to think about, do you want it near the start of the race or the end of the race, if it's a point-to-point race. If it's a loop, you you know, you know don't have to worry about that. Of course, both have their drawbacks. I appreciate races that have shuttles to a start from the hotel, or from the hotels. I've done a race where they had a really excellent buses bus shuttle from the hotels to the start. That was super easy. If they don't, I don't know. You're going to have to figure out a way to get to the start. Big marathons will help you with that. Usually, you can go to the expo and find out how, find out what the what how the shuttle works, and they can give you directions and and all the information. So you want to find out that before you get to the hotel, though. It's always good to know how this works before you get to the site, because then you don't have to like scramble to find transportation that morning at three or four a.m. When you're not thinking properly and when all your focus should be on the race. Remember, you don't want to think about those things when you, your focus should be on your race. You don't want to think about anything else besides the race. Even if you're driving, now think about this. if Even if you're driving to a race, do you really want to lug a ton of luggage with you? Whether you're driving or flying, don't overpack. I've never understood people who pack a ton of stuff. There's no reason for it. If you forgot something, you can buy it. You're in a city, you're in an area that sells stuff, buy it if you've forgotten. I grew up with a family who traveled all the time, and we kids, we had to carry our own luggage, so we learned early to not overpack. Just don't take too much stuff. You You don't need three outfits daily. Yes, I know someone who packs three outfits, and she changes into them every day. She probably spends more time in her hotel room looking at herself in the mirror than she does enjoying the area she's in. And she's not a model. Trust me on that. That's kind of sad to me. Don't overpack. You're not going to need half the stuff you take if you do. You're wasting your time trying to impress people you'll never see ever again in the whole in your whole life if you overpack. <laughs> they don't care. They don't care. No one cares as much as you need. And then if you forget some little thing, you can buy it when you're there. Preparation, minimal. You know, I mean, it's minimal preparation for a road race, as I say. If you forgot something, you can buy it. I mean, usually if there's a race in town, there's a sporting goods store, there's a running shoe store, you can get it the day before. It's always nice if you can go Two days before your race, so it gives you a whole day before your race to to get prepared if you forgot something. If you need something, if, if you need a little bit extra planning that you forgot about, you've got the whole day so you don't freak out on race morning. If you're flying, it gets a little bit more complicated. Again, first rule of thumb, don't overpack. If you're flying within the U.S., you want to take a carry-on. You don't want to check anything in for a road race. It's a lot simpler. It's a lot better. You don't want to lose your luggage. Real simple. Take a carry-on, and so you avoid checking. Don't check in anything. Don't take anything extra. Don't take three outfits per day. You don't need that. You can pick up something if, you, if you've if forgotten it. Plus, you want some room in your luggage for a cool shirt, of medal, and maybe a couple souvenirs in the city that you're in. If you're going overseas, it's a little different. You might want to check in because you might want to take a couple extra things. But it's still, if you can carry it on the plane rather than check it in, it's always preferable. It really is. But like I said, if you're going to another country, it's a little different. They are a little bit more careful with your luggage. So that's okay. It's probably okay to check it in. If you are flying, you need to plan your transportation to and then from the airport to your hotel. This may seem elementary, but you would be surprised how many people don't think about that. You need to get to the to the airport from your home. And things have changed since COVID. Things are not as simple or as good as they used to be pre-COVID. Trust me on that. You don't want to pay exorbitant parking rates at the airport parking You need to find out how else you can get to the airport. If you don't have a friend who's willing to get up at four in the morning to take you to the airport, you're going to have to find some other person, uh, plan another way to get there, be it the airport shuttle. If you have a public transportation like subway to get you there or a bus, airport bus that goes there, um, you're going to have to find some way to get there. Or you may have to just suck it up and park there and pay the parking prices that they charge which i know it's a lot it really is a lot now once you're at your destination city and you're not renting a car because you're going to be in a city and you don't want to pay the parking rates for a rental car you probably will never use except to drive into town you have to find out the way how to get to your hotel does your hotel have a shuttle bus is there a uh, a subway line like in New York. New York is really kind of easy to get from JFK into downtown. It's super easy. It's a lot less expensive than the, than a taxi like or Uber. Really, you don't want to take that. You want to get on get on the subway lines. It's super easy in New York. It really is. You just transfer once and bing, you're in, in Manhattan. Or Chicago, you can take the L line. It's, it's inexpensive, too. It's like less than half the price of, of BART in San Francisco. Just uh, outrageously expensive, uh, or someplace else? Is it easy to get from downtown from the airport to downtown? And then you want to find out what the closest stop is and how you can get from the stop to your hotel, and or if you just want to pay the extra amount and get an Uber or get a taxi, or is there a airport shuttle that you can take to or near your your hotel? You need to find that out before you leave. It's always better to find that out before you get to the hotel and then you have to scramble. I hate that kind of stuff. I hate scrambling for things. And then you have to find out when you land what time it's going to be and if if it's even available at that time that you land. If you land late at night, is what's available? The public transportation, the subway lines might be closed for the night. Some do shut down like BART. Some are open all night, but do you want to take it at night, late at night? I don't know. Is this safe? Then you might want to think about taking the airport shuttle or Uber or something like that. All these things you have to take into consideration before you leave. Don't just try to wing it. Really, it's always better to plan this out. And then if something goes wrong, you want to have a backup plan because things can and will go wrong. And it really depends on the time of year. Is weather going to be a factor? Are flights going to be delayed? Because, yeah, flights do get delayed, don't they? Yes, they sure do. So you want to consider all the different things that can happen. Just take it into consideration. You know, you don't have to freak out over it. Just have your plans ready. And then just be flexible if things can or do go wrong. It's all good. You've got things in the bag. You know you can handle it you're a runner. We can handle anything, right? Once you're at your hotel, make sure you know how to get to the race. If it's near the race, if your hotel is near the race, it's pretty easy. You can just walk there and see where the start is. So you won't have any trouble finding that out. Or like I said before, you can always go to the expo and ask them what's going on. That would be the day before the race. If you get there, like, if the race is on a Sunday and you get there on a Friday, you've got a little bit of time. You can also check out the course the day before or part of the course. Just walk a little bit of it and see what it's like. See what the atmosphere is like. Make sure you know what the weather is going to be like and make sure you, that you prepare it ahead of time. Of course, you, we can't always prepare for weather. Sometimes weather surprises everybody. The weather people aren't perfect. They do make mistakes. Yes, they do. So just be as prepared as you can. Now, if you've arrived two days before your race, you can just check out the how the city is if you're in a beautiful area. Now the old way of thinking used to be was that they used they used to say that runners should not try to do any running and very little walking the day before the race. Now that is no longer true, of course. It's okay to get a, a short shakeout run the day before you race. If you want to run 2 or 3 miles before your race, especially if it's a half or a full marathon, that is great and they think that that's a good thing now. So just go run, you know, a couple miles if you want slowly. Don't do anything fast. Don't try anything new or anything. Just go very slow out and just get a couple miles out just to get your legs moving again, especially if you've been sitting in a car for a few hours or in a plane for a few hours. It's really nice to get that shakeout run the day before your race. And it gives you a chance to see some of the sights that you might see on your race or some sights that you might miss because you're on on a race and you're not going to see some of the beautiful locations and sites of the city that you're in one word of caution though when it comes to eating you don't want to eat anything spicy or anything fancy or anything rich the day before your race save that for after the race bland foods you know good healthy foods but bland foods are the rule of thumb especially for me (laughs) i can't have dairy The day before a race, or the morning before a race, I have to skip dairy. I can't really do spicy foods either, so I have to have those after the race. So if you pass a really good Mexican food, really good looking Mexican food restaurant, have that afterwards. Have a couple enchiladas or burrito and a cerveza after the race. Won't do you any good if you do it the day before because you're going to be hitting every porta potty along the course. Seriously. No, no, no. Save that afterwards. And if you get too caught up in just having a good time the day before your race, it's easy to lose sight of the big picture. Remember why you're there. You're there for a race. It's fun to be a tourist. It's fun to play tourist, but you're not really there for that. So keep your eyes on the prize. And remember, you're there for a race, not just to see the sights. Now, if you're traveling by train you know you have to buy your ticket ahead of time, especially if it's a train that fills up quick. We'll be right back. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? if your hotel and this goes for bus too if your hotel is far away from the bus or, or train station you have to make plans to get to that hotel from the station usually uber or if you can hop on the subway or something once you get there that that works i took the train to the california international marathon when i when i did that race of course that was pre covid it was much easier back then but it was fairly easy it was really really simple got on the train made it up there and it was just like 3 or 4 blocks to the hotel so it was easy to walk through and I got to walk through old sacramento which is really really fun i love old sacramento and the hotel is was right by the golden bridge i think it's called the gold bridge or yellow bridge of sacramento and uh old sac was right there so that was really a cool place to stay But you have to watch, especially with bus stations, because they're kind of in grimy areas. So you have to kind of watch where you are if you're taking the train or the bus. And a lot of people do. A lot of us city folk don't have cars. So we have to get to races the best we can. If you're traveling to a trail race or an ultra that is not in a city, and most are not, it gets a little more complicated unless it's one of those odd ultras that I talked about in a city and there are a few of them there are a lot more things to consider many places with trail races are quite far out of town and they may not have camping facilities and well I'll talk about camping in a minute but if you're driving from home and so you you may have a longer distance to drive and you do want to drive Gas is expensive now, so you want to take that in consideration. And if you're driving by yourself, give yourself a lot of time. Go a day early, as I, as I said. You always want to go a day early if you can. So you want to give yourself that day before your race to rest. You don't want to drive eight hours to a race and then have to run the next day. That just doesn't give you enough time to, get to shake your legs out, to give your body a rest, and to give yourself enough energy to run a good race. Plus, a lot of the... Ultra races and trail trail. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say ultra races because you may n- may not be running the ultra. They may just ha- you may be running a 10k, a half half or a marathon. But many of them have ultras attached. Plus, a lot of the ultra races may not allow camping, so you're not camping, and you may have to stay in a hotel. And it may be a little bit of a distance from the start line, so you may have to drive an additional hour to get to the start line from your hotel. You want to take that in, into consideration. So let's say you have to drive eight hours to get to the hotel the day before, and then another hour to get to the race. That's awfully tiring. Going two days before the race gives you that break in between to give you a little bit of rest to stretch your legs out to help you run a better race. Because this your trip is all about the race, right? It's not all about driving. <laughs> All right. If you are flying, of course, there are a little bit more complications when it gets like that, when it gets to going to a race. If you are running like a flat race and you have no need for trekking poles, then you can pretty much check in, especially if you're not taking like electrolyte mix and you can pick it up at your at your destination, If you don't need trekking poles and you're not taking electrolyte mix, then you can check in your gear. That's pretty cool. That's pretty simple, pretty easy. But if you are doing an elevation race where you're going to need trekking poles and you're taking electrolyte mix because they're using a brand that you don't like or you can't stomach and you want to take your own, you probably will have to check in your gear. Trekking poles you can't take in your carry-on bags. And that bag of Tailwind of yours, yeah, you, you want to keep that unopened. You want a brand-new bag unopened in your in your check-in bag. Yeah, you don't want to take that in your carry-on. They're going to think that maybe it's something else. <laughs> okay. If you're flying in and you're going to a an ultra race, you probably will, will need to rent a car, most likely, because they're off in the wilderness or mountain somewhere. So you're going to have to need an extra day. So take that into consideration when you get to the airport. You're going to need to go pick up your rental car, and then you're going to have to drive to your hotel. And then from your hotel the next day or the day after next, you'll go to the race site. A lot of planning in that, remember. All right. Now, a lot of people don't want to camp because the area, of course, as I said, doesn't allow or offer camp, or they just hate camping. A lot of people don't want to camp. Not me, I love camping, but a lot of people don't. So make sure you give yourself extra time, as I was saying. If you watch any of Jeff Peltier's videos, and he's been a past guest on my show, he does multi-day races all over the world, and he does a ton of pre-planning and packing. And I'll have a link to his video YouTube page, because it's really, or channel, sorry, because it, it's really helpful when it comes to packing and planning, and it might give you some tips. Now he does multi-day races, so not that you're going to do them, but he really helps out with how to make things minimal, how to make things light, how to pack for for a long trip. So it might give you some ideas when you're doing if you're doing a race far from home, an ultra race, and it gets even trickier if you're doing a long race, like if you're doing a hundred mile mile race and you need to put drop bags together. Drop bags are those bags that runners place at aid stations along the route with various items like gear, clothes, food, and other things that they may need. If they start a race let's say in the pre-dawn hours and they're using headlamp and a jacket. They may not need those things later in the day when it starts to get warm and light. So they may switch out the headlamp and the jacket with sunscreen and maybe a lighter shirt. Or maybe they started with long pants and they're going to need shorts or something. Uh, Or they need food. They need a snack in their bag that the aid station doesn't supply. Or they want an electrolyte mix that the aid station doesn't have. Or anything, anything that they want to take that they that isn't supplied by the race crew they can put in their in their bag they may have lots of drop bags and they may have them all placed all over the course now they can pick up a lot of the things that they need at their destination so they can get the bags themselves different bags that they can you, they can pick this up at walmart and they can mark them they can get everything that they need to mark them they may want to bring that from home but that takes a little bit more preparation and they may have to check those in if they're flying that's a lot of extra work so they have to think about that it's all in planning for those long races and i'm going to have a show about that kind of thing in the future that we can talk about what goes into drop bags what goes into a longer race and um, like i said we'll talk about that in the future now camping camping at races is really fun and i highly recommend doing it if you love camping like i do you shouldn't miss camping at a race it's really really fun you're there with other people and you're right there at the location in the morning it goes without saying to have all your camping gear ready and have what you're going to need to sleep the comfiest before you go check out make sure everything works properly if it needs replacing replace it all that stuff and if you're driving it's not that big of a deal you can take everything with you if you're flying it really helps to have the lightest gear possible and light gear ultra light camping gear is expensive so this is not a cheap venture <laughs> Ultra light tents are like $600, so if you want to invest in that, make sure you're going to do a lot of camping to get the best use out of it. I would love an ultralight tent personally, but can't afford it right now. Maybe in the future. And I probably will get one because I plan to do some fast packing, so that will be something that I'll definitely need. Or you could rent an SUV and sleep in that if you want to do that. You can rent an SUV, take that to the location and sleep in that. Or you could rent an RV. Many racers rent these super souped-up vans that are complete with sleep areas and kitchens, but those are really expensive. You're not going to get one for a cheap price. I know a lot of the elite runners use those, but they have sponsors, and so they probably don't pay for it themselves. But those are really, really expensive, and if if you want one of those, you can rent one. And you can get an RVs, you you can go fancy, you can go light. I would love to have one of those teardrop trailers. I love those little things. They're so cute and they're so neat. And they're not like one of these giant trailers or these giant RVs. Personally, I, I can't stand those things. If I'm off camping, I want to make sure I'm in an area that's tent only or doesn't have hookups. I don't want to be in an area where, where there's hookups. If it says no hookups, okay, that's cool. That's where I want to be. because I don't want to be around people in those giant RVs because they don't seem to, not all, okay, I can't make a blanket statement, but many of them who are in those giant RVs don't seem to have the same respect for nature that I do, so they make a lot of noise, they, they do a lot of partying, they're not really in there out camping for the same reason that I am. Put it that way. It also depends on where the race is and where the camping is. If the race is way off in the middle of nowhere, you may not be able to take an RV or a trailer with you. You may just have to camp someplace else and drive in. Or you may have to have an SUV. It it just really depends. Some of these races are so far off in the boonies. It's amazing <laughs> but it just really depends timed races are great because you can set up your tent most time races some you can't most time races like the ride to walk i did you can set up your tent and you've got your tent and if you're doing the 24 hours you can set up your tent and you have it there all weekend and you can go take naps whenever you want it's fun and it's right there your tent is right there and all your gear is right there's whenever you need it Traveling for races is amazing, and it's an ideal way to discover cities, races, make a lot of friends, and have great new adventures, and I think everyone should try it at least once. I highly recommend it. If you can afford to do it, I think it's a great, great time. Uh, I started, started finally getting back to the gym. I stopped going because I because I got COVID last month, but I'm finally back. Yes, I'm one of those people who goes back to the gym in January, not because I just got lazy. Well, okay, I did over Christmas, but I I wasn't feeling well for a while, so I just couldn't, and then I finally gotten back in. And it wasn't too bad when I went back this weekend, because it was pouring rain, and not many people ventured out, and this week it's supposed to pour poor most of the time so I'll be going back and hopefully won't be too crowded again but yeah it's nice to go back and it's nice to get that in and I want to be in decent shape for my surgery I don't want to be as flabby as I was last time <laughs> to be perfectly honest so uh yeah we'll see how that goes I started posting a weekly blog on the website so about I'm writing about a different subject than my weekly podcast i just felt like writing i feel like i need to do a little bit more writing so i hope you enjoy it that will come out either thursday or friday or saturday depending on how i can get myself together but that will come out every week and if you want to get on the mailing list just go to martha and there's an area there where you can get yourself on the mailing list and that'll be sent out to you when it's posted all right and so um yeah the the website is MarthaRunselworld and my email is MarthaRunswellworld at gmail So email me if you like and check out the website and thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it. And until next week, let's tie up our shoelaces and go for a run.